0: I I really do not know what is the purpose of these people asking for the salon of the president specifically and the vice president.
1: We've had one president and two chief justices having been removed from office for failing to fully disclose their wealth in their salon.
2: Hello, I'm Carmela Fonbuena. Welcome to the Philippine Center for Investigative Journalism's On the Record podcast. Over the next half hour, we will talk about the Statement of Assets, Liabilities and Net Worth, or the document known as SALEN. Why is it an important anti corruption tool? Why is access to these documents getting harder? The SALEN has become an election issue because of President Rodrigo Duterte's refusal to release his wealth declarations. Adami ibang paraan, ipakita anti corruption ka? SALN? sa napakalaking dailan para ipakita mo na bukas. Hmm. Bas, yung lahat na information, sa akin, pagpapakita na walang corruption. Hmm. That's Vice President Lenny Robredo. Senator Panfilo Lacson takes his wealth declaration one step further. He promised to waive his rights under bank secrecy law if he is elected president.
0: I will sign uh, a waiver of my rights under the Bank Secrecy Act. You know? And encourage all cabinet members down to the rank and file to do the same.
2: I'm joined by PCIJ editorial content head Carol Ilagan, reporter Elisa Lopez, and researcher Martha Teodoro. Later, we will also bring in interviews with experts. Carol, let's begin the conversation. As someone who reported on SALNs for I don't know how many years, why is the SALN an important document?
1: So, the SALN or the Statement of Assets, Liabilities and Net Worth, also known as the Asset Record Disclosure or Wealth Disclosure Record of our government officials, is an important document uh, because it serves as their badge of honor. Ano. The information that they put in their SALN should give us an indication that they are not using um, their. Power, no, in public office for personal gain. Now, this is very important for journalists, ano, because we've seen a lot of stories related to the wealth or unexplained wealth of our government officials. We
2: have Republic Act sixty-seven-one-three or the Sal and Law. What does the law say? Malino
1: yung requirement sa batas and it applies to all public officials. Mapa-chief justice ka, mapa-presidente or mapa-mayor ka, or you know, you are an employee of a, a local government office. Malino yun sa, in particular, sa RA 6713 or the Code of Conduct na kailangan. May tatlo kang obligation, ano. I-fill out mo nang mabuti, ilagay mo lahat, ano, and then pangalawa, mag-submit ka to the repository, o isasubmit mo yung salen mo, mono to the government. And pangatlo, well, the third um duty is for the repository to make
2: it public. What can you find in the document specifically?
1: So, dun sa kaniyang ano, no, yung acronym, no, yung ALN. So, there are about five sets of information that you can C in the sal. And so first is yung assets. So ito yung pag-aari ano, ng isang government official. So that would include real and personal properties. So pag sinabing real, mga bahay, lupa, pagka-personal, yan ay um uh, maaring cash, uh, jewelry, uh, mga sasakyan. Tapos yung L naman or liabilities yan yung mga utang. So kung may loan. At the same time, Nasa SALEN din, nakalagay din doon, dapat disclose ng ating public officials yung kanilang business interests and financial connections. Now, this is very important because, again, you know, government deals with um, business entities also. So, yan yung tinitingnan natin because we're on the lookout for potential conflict of interest. And then, at the same time, um the SALEN also contain information about their relatives in government. So yun yung major no parts ng ating a salin.
2: All government officials are required to file their sal yearly, right? But there is not one place where one can get all of these documents. Where can we request them? Okay, so
1: there are six repositories of the sal So If we want to get uh, access to the silence of cabinet members, you request those from the Malacanang Records Office. If you want to get the silence of other appointed officials, that's the Civil Service Commission. If you want to get the silence of the president, uh, the vice president, local officials, and some police and military officials, you go to the office of the Ombudsman. For uh, members of the House, that's the House of Representatives Secretary General. Uh, for senators, that's the Senate uh, Secretary. And then lastly, kung Supreme Court uh, justices or judges, against sa Supreme Court naman yan.
2: Can you tell us the biggest stories? PCIJ has published through the years. So PCIJ, for the longest time naman,
1: it has become part of our routine ano, to look at the Sal specifically of, um, well, lahat naman ng government officials, but of course it starts with the presidents. So siguro kung uh, maalala natin, ano, PCIJ did an investigation on the wealth or well. Later, proven na unexplained wealth of former President Joseph Estrada. So, doon, parang to to summarize it briefly, no? parang when you look at the Salen, ito yung dinisclose niya na kanyang wealth, pero pag tumingin ka sa kanyang mga pag-aari, the luxurious houses, the millions, mansions niya, parang hindi nagmamatch. Kaya doon lumalabas yung tinatawag nga natin na unexplained wealth. And yun, pag sinabi natin uh, unexplained wealth yan, titingnan natin yung uh, Republic Act 3019 or the Anti-Graft and Corrupt Practices Act. So, yan, naging pivotal yung investigation on ng PCIJ sa Senate investigation.
2: What are the other big stories in the country involving Salen? Ako, I remember the impeachment trial of former Chief Justice Renato Corona, and he was convicted based on his failure to declare his dollar accounts in his SALEN.
1: So uh, as to date, we've had uh, one president and two chief justices um, having been removed from office for failing to fully disclose their wealth in in their SALEN. Apart from um, Corona, you also have uh, Maria Lourdes Sereno. This is during the Duterte administration and then yung kay Corona was during the Aquino administration. Um, dito sa instances na to, no, kay Estrada, kay Corona, at saka sa kay Sereno, nakita natin na yun nga, mayroong pagkukulang um, yung ating government official at hindi nasusunod sa batas, ano, yung expectations sa kanilang salin. Ituloy ko lang yung kwento nung kay Estrada because we've been criticized, no, na saying na, you know, we're looking at only specific um, officials. Pero apart from Estrada, of course, the wealth investigations also applied to Gloria Macapagal Arroyo and then we've seen there na my sudden spike no yung kaniyang wealth even though you know the economy isn't looking very good and then, we looked at the increase in the wealth of former President Noynoy Aquino also. And then, also more recently, of course, PCIJ looked at um, the wealth of President uh, Rodrigo Duterte at ang kanyang mga anak. So, similarly, you know, you look at the pattern, you look at historical data, what they've disclosed um, over the years. And Salen naman yung nagsasabi, no, na malaki yung itinaas ng kanilang wealth. But at the same time, we also looked at business interests nila.
2: So what's interesting in this current administration is that for the first time, PCIJ was unable to access the sal of the president beginning 2018. So what happened in 2018? So, for the first time, uh,
1: when we requested for the salen of the president before the office of the ombudsman na ito yung repository, hindi tayo nakakuha. Before, we would go to the office of the ombudsman and come back to the PCIJ office on the same day and, you know, be able to have the salen of the kung sino man yung sitting president at the time. Pero ito, ang sagot sa atin ng ombudsman in 2018 I mayroon daw guidelines na nire-revise ang Ombudsman on the release of the SALEN. And yung pag-revise ng guidelines na yun uh, ran for more than a year. So parang more than a year yung balikan doon. We've been following up and then we're trying to get it from the office of the president directly. Pero pinagpapasahan <laughs> tayo at the time. And then finally, um, this year, Natapos rin yung pag-revise ng uh, sal and release guidelines ng ombudsman and dito lumalabas na yun nga. Essentially, hindi tayo makakakuha ng kopya unless, yun nga, mayroon tayong consent, essentially, no, from the public or official of or if we are party to a case or if we are a field investigator no ng ombudsman mismo na pwedeng makakuha ng ng salen. so but yun nga yung essentially uh, sarado nagsarado ang uh, yes. office of the ombudsman uh, which is um very much against sa nasasaad sa batas at sa uh, yun nga yung karapatan natin na
2: dapat uh, makuha ang mga dokumentong ito this is where i want to bring in martha Martha Teodoro is PCIJ's researcher and this year, she tried again to get the salen of President Duterte and all other public officials. Martha, back in May, you started trying to get the salen of the President and other officials. We already knew that President Duterte has not been releasing his salen, no? How did you prepare for your tasks to try to get this document?
3: Makikita natin sa website ng ombudsman na... Hingiin daw yung salin dun sa mismong office. So, parang saang office ako pupunta? Sa office of the president, bala kanyang records office. So, kung mga po, din po ako sa kanila na magtanong sino ang may ng salin ng president. So, baka mamaya sila dahil office of the president. Pero, aparin din din po, pati sila, they don't know where, where to get it.
2: And then, after we tried Malacanang to get that document, I also contacted presidential spokesperson Harry Roque, and he told me he himself did not have access to the Salen. So there was really no way to get that document anymore, and that's why we published our story that you know, we reach another dead end in trying to get the president's Salen. But why isn't President Duterte releasing his Salen? Let's hear it from Harry Roque. Why not just release the copy of uh, the President's sal for the sake of transparency?
0: Because there's new policy um, being implemented by the Ombudsman as a constitutional body, and we respect the prerogative of the Ombudsman in this regard.
2: But can't the President um, just unilaterally decide, sir,
4: oh, here's my salad so that no questions will be further asked?
0: Well, he could, but he respects the Ombudsman, and he leaves it to the Ombudsman.
2: Despite criticisms... Ombudsman Samuel Martires is standing by his position.
0: I will not yield to public opinion to release the salim of any official in violation of the very memorandum circular number one that I issued your own. I am sorry to say that.
1: It has become harder and harder for journalists, you know, citizens in general, to gain access of the salims. Pero yun, balikan natin, nagsimula ito with the Supreme Court. Um, Silatalagayung na unadhyan <laughs> ever since. Hindi right. sila naglalabas ng sal And then um, PCIJ filed a petition then, and then napagbigyan tayo. So there was a window known.
2: Now we were able to get um, sal-ins. Yeah, that was a victory for transparency when the Supreme Court finally released these documents. Yes, so that
1: was Anorean. Um that was pivotal renano and you know if you look at you maybe may historic shano doon kung titingnan mo yung uh, history of sal and access but they reverted to the same practice. So ngayon ang Supreme Court you basically need the end bank to decide and say yes um ibibigay na min sayo yung sal and namin and I don't know of any case recently na they say, they said na oh we approve of the sal and request. So nagsimula
2: yan with the Supreme Court and then the House of Representatives followed suit. Right, I remember they used to release sal ends and then suddenly they're just releasing summaries. Start to in the fifteenth Congress before yun nga, you have to
1: go to the SEC lang and then they will give you the sal ends of all the House of uh, House members. And then, nagiba ng policy na you have to um, ask each each one na no. So, kaya syempre, right. no, mahirap yun. So that means uh, uh,
2: reaching out two hundred uh, plus uh, hundreds uh, of, um, now three hundred And then that's really ironic because um, it was the House of Representatives that served as the prosecution panel against Chief Justice Renato Corona. And it was the House of Representatives that prepared the case against the Chief Justice and used the statement of assets, liabilities, and net worth.
1: So there are are a lot of ironies. That's hypocrisy, actually. (laughs) It's
2: not irony. It's hypocrisy (laughs) of the House of Representatives. as you
1: said... And then that applies to the Senate also because the Senate now only releases um sal and summaries. Yes. So before yung House and Senate magre-request ka for House Secretary, for Senate sa Senate Secretary. Pero now ngayon ang latest policy ng House is um parang similar to Supreme Court, kailangang i-take up yan <laughs> with uh, lahat ng House member. So parang nagpapasa sarin ng batas. And if you get your request approved, then you will have to pay 300 pesos per salen. Sa Senate, as I've yeah. mentioned, as in wala na talaga, hindi na sila naglalaba So yun nga, parang essentially of the six repositories, um, ang naglalabas na lang ng sal and I, yung malakanyang records office which holds copies of the sal ends of the cabinet members and also the civil service commission for the other appointed officials.
2: Martha, you also tried to get the sal ends of senators, members of the House of Representatives, and cabinet officials. Tell us your experience with these government institutions.
3: Yung sa Congress naman po. Ano po, they acknowledged it again, So, May in po ito. They acknowledged it. Tapos, they emailed a new salen form, which I submitted then. Tapos po, they acknowledged it. Pero after po no-acknowledge na yun, which is all in May, hindi na po sila sumagot. I tried to call them in July. Nobody knows where my request was. Sa Congress po ito. Sa Senate naman po, May din po I, I requested it in May. They acknowledged it in May. Tapos po bilang by September, bilang they wanted my request, my request form notarized.
2: We we had it notarized
3: in two days. ko po sa na pero they never. Kumad, they acknowledged they it not pero. Get back to you opo. again.
2: But both chambers of Congress release summaries. Summaries lang. right. Yes, po. But what we're looking for are the individual documents because I've 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 been a reporter in the House of Representatives. It it wasn't easy also to get these documents before, but you know with patience they'll release it to you. Martha, you you were able to get the sal in of cabinet officials. Why? How? Ha, ha, what happened there, and why is the case different?
3: Actually, yeah, uh, mas time lang po anagin usapan sa cabinet secretaries. After two months, na po, sila, po ako, and it's ready to be claimed.
2: Let's bring in Elisa. Elisa Lopez led PCIJ's reporting on the Pandora Papers, where she looked into the offshore investments of Transport Secretary Arthur Tugade. When we talk about the Pandora Papers, we're talking about leaked documents. But how did the SALN become useful to you? So the
4: Pandora Papers is a global investigation which involves 600, over 600 journalists around the world led by the ICIJ or the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists. So um, it involved um, more than 11 million files and the files came from 14 offshore providers. So for the Philippines, the ICIJ partnered or collaborated with um, the PCIJ and Rappler to do the investigations for Philippine-based individuals that are found in the leak. So to better understand the reporting we did, we have to go back to how we found the Filipinos or the Philippine-based personalities um, in the leak. So there um we cross-check our list of um, politicians, businessmen, politically exposed persons on the list of Pandora papers, and there we found Transport Secretary Arthur Togade. So to better understand why he would or he he might or he may choose to keep money offshore, we checked his salons from 2012, since 2012. When he first came into the public office as president of Clark Development Corp under the Aquino administration, so from there we found that at least since twenty twelve, he is a stockholder of ten companies, and the main company that is, I guess, holding the interest of these all other companies is Paris Holdings Corp. That's what we found, and the sal and like what Miss Carol said, no, um. It will show you your list of assets, liabilities and net worth. And then from the from the documents that we saw since twenty twelve, he mentioned that he's a stockholder of 10 companies in his list of business interests and financial connections. And in his list of personal properties, he declared that he has offshore investments he acquired in 2003 with an acquisition cost of 57 million pesos. I think it's important to emphasize this, no? He declared offshore investments, but he didn't declare the name of the company that we found in the Pandora Papers, which is called Solar Holdings Corp.
2: In your report, you explained why that omission is very important. You also interviewed former Bureau of Internal Revenue Chief Kim Henares. You have to make a distinction kasi when you say offshore investment, uh it can be like he has a placement in the bank of um, some, of some, I, don't know, I mean, that's what I is closure. But if it's an offshore investment where he is owner of a share of stock in a corporation, mm-hmm. di sa ng sal- may nakalagay dyan, shareholder ka ng kung anong kumpanya? you have to make a distinction. Ano ba yung in Sinabi, niyo, offshore investment, na Nayan, kung deposit in banks lang yan, padi, ah, food disclosure na yan, pero kung investment niya shares of stocks, ikulang liyo, kasi kailan, sa ko diba, kailan, may nakalagay ka kadon. So, Secretary Tugade didn't sufficiently declare his offshore investment in his sal end. It also raises questions because why would he put up a company in a country that is a known tax haven? Here's what former Finance Undersecretary Milwida Guevara had to say about it. Alam mo, yung tax haven, ano it's really a tax avoidance scheme. Pero there's a very thin line. Kasi yung tax evasion, as it, is, as it is defined, it's a deliberate attempt so there is really uh, an intent. Kasi deliberate siya. Niya nilagay. So, mm. Deliberate attempt to evade, evade paying income tax. Secretary Tugade did not respond to our initial um, request for interview. But after the story came out, he issued a statement, right? Um, tell us what he said about uh, your story, Ellie. Well, af- right after the
4: public the story was made public no um he did clarify that there was some i think problem with his staff on why he didn't get to have the chance to give us an interview and then he also did say that he mentioned that he has offshore accounts but then he still omitted to say or give his reason why he didn't declare the company name
2: yeah, and I think that's that's really curious, Carol. Maybe you can um join the conversation here.
1: Apart from Tugade, before then, uh, PCIJ found out that Amy Marcos, Manny Villar, and JV Haresito also had offshore accounts, but they did not declare it in their salient.
2: so what does it say about um public officials? and their attitude towards um, their obligations under the sal law.
1: Pag tinignan natin yung 6713, malinaw eh. Kaya lang ngayon, ang nangyayari, nakikita natin, ano, may mga uh, each office is, you know, naging arbitrary siya. Depende dun sa opisina kung anong gustong maging policy niya sa SAL-EN disclosure. Siguro this is one of those parang symptoms ng dahil wala tayong FOI law. Um, and not just applying to SALEN. Dito lalabas yung pagka arbitrari or the inconsistencies in terms of access to information. Similar, you know, to other documents na kaya mong makuha in another office, pero sa isang office, ang hirap <laughs> kunin. Or maybe on this day, pag ito yung kinuha mo sa office, andalini lang nilang ibigay sa'yo. Pero if let's say you're asking for a different document later on, you know, the response will be different.
2: Which brings me to two laws that are pending in Congress. One, you already mentioned the Freedom of Information or FOI bill, which is so far in the form that we know is a good law because um, it will obligate government institutions to provide access to documents such as salience. That's good um, so far, although getting it passed in its current form is another matter altogether. At the same time, ombudsman Martires is proposing amendments to the salen law. What really disturbed transparency advocates are the proposal to ban anyone, including the media, from making commentaries on the salen. Listen to what the ombudsman said.
0: No person should be allowed to comment on the salen of a particular government official or employee. So what I am proposing is to make stringent uh, our penalties that anyone who makes a comment on the sullen of a particular government official and employee must likewise be liable for at least an imprisonment of not less than five years. No more, no less.
2: Carol, what was your reaction to this proposal? Well, (laughs) uh, you
1: you know, partly surprised, but also not surprised. Uh, surprised because akala ko wala nang ikakalala (laughs) yung (laughs) yung nahirapan tayo na kumuha ng salen. Hindi lang pala hindi na pwedeng kumuha. You can't even comment on the salen which I think is very very problematic because it infringes on our of course I'm not a lawyer but you know I feel like it infringes on our rights you know to to look into these uh, matters and uh, it makes our jobs harder but i think also the biggest thing there is if you have the ombudsman which is supposedly you know they are supposed to um you know there are supposed to be the watchdog of government officials if you have them saying these things then I think mas lalong magkakaroon ng impunity for our government officials na lalong hindi mag um, declare ng maayos na sal-end kasi wala naman palang titingin.
2: Of course, we at PCIJ will continue to join transparency advocates in demanding access to the sal-ends of government officials. There's this study
1: by the World Bank na not just you know Philippines but if you look at wealth disclosure systems around the world, it really helps, you know, um, deter, um, parang deterrent siya eh to corruption. Kaya, ayun, babalik ulit tayo dun sa question na why can't we just, you know, sundin natin yung nasa batas when if wala naman tayong itinatago, kung wala naman tayong ginagawang masama or hindi natin pinagkakitaan ng ating position in public office, then why can't we just um uh, file um the and properly and make it public?
2: So there, there are two pending measures that we are going to have to watch. We don't expect them to be passed in the current Congress because we're having elections in May 2022. But we know that the ombudsman will stay in office until 2025. He can still pursue his amendments. So there will be a lot of conversations that will happen even after elections. That's a really good conversation. Carol, Ellie, Martha, thank you very much. Thank you,
1: Carmela. Thank you. Thank you, Martha. Thank you, Ellie.
2: Thank you for listening. PCIJ will have more podcasts soon. Please subscribe to our Spotify channel. We also invite you to read our reports on PCIJ.org.